Hello guys and welcome back to the OPV podcast with Joe and Austin. We have a special guest this week, a returning guest, someone that's always highly requested, Mr. Will Carver. Um, I actually don't know what Will's come on to talk about necessarily other than he says he's got some stories he'd like to share. So I'm down for that. But Will, why don't you um, maybe introduce yourself for any new listeners that don't know who you are um, and, then, and then we'll roll in. Yeah, sure. Um, a bit of an odd one, really, aren't I? Um, I'm a strong sports nutrition athlete manager and athlete, uh, Metaform athlete, URCL, Iron Eagle, um, pancakes and press uh, T-shirts, obviously. Um, they obviously do your T-shirts for the show as well. Um, mm. You and uh, Christian's show. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a very, very fortunate, mediocre athlete that's um, met some really good people and um, I, I believe to be honest I've been quite blessed and getting I don't know I've, I've been I've, I've managed to see a lot in the time that I've done bodybuilding I've done okay as a competitor um, admittedly I was kind of got, started to get into my my own kind of groove until I've kind of taken a little bit of a step back recently and kind of focusing a little bit more on life but Obviously, bodybuilding and fitness is always going to be a massive part of my life, and and even today, like I'm, I'm so massively motivated to train and diet and keep experimenting with everything involved with it. Um, but uh, I'm just doing it a little bit more for myself at the moment, rather than competing. I think that was a bit. But, uh, that was a bit of a humble introduction there. I, I wouldn't call it <laughs> a mediocre bodybuilder. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Follows him, probably knows that that's nonsense. Um, but yeah, you I kind of kind of go at half pace though, don't I? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. You got one of those physiques that everyone looks at and goes, "I wish I could look like that." You know, like a Superman physique. Man, I, I massively appreciate that. That's a that's a big compliment. Thank you very much. For sure, I know. Well, I know well you look like shit. Well, you look like shit. <laughs> man i i love i love that you say it you know someone's gonna say it i i i, I truly appreciate honesty that's that's what that's what i'll i get all those comments on all my fucking updates you look terrible you're fat you're small i, I eat that you, up then you you quit you cry yourself into the gym don't you and, and fucking Dude, i just cry i don't even yeah half the time i don't even turn the lights on out there i just train in the dark yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So. Yeah. This this year's been an interesting year. I think um, the last time I spoke to you, I just competed at the Europeans. Right. Was yeah. that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I did the mini. I did the mini cut, didn't I? And we had a bit of a chat about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. And um, straight after that, my appendix exploded. Um, so uh, yeah, that was that was very humbling. That was a humbling experience. Um, that was that was kind of a funny one, really. I um, I just I, I I'd actually noticed over the course of about two years that I'd had grumbling appendi- appendicitis, um, which uh, as you probably know is is it's it's almost like a small it's like a small version of appendicitis. You you have like a almost like a a. Rest- you, you just feel uncomfortable, right? It's, it's, it's very mild appendicitis. And I had it over the course of um, a day spread over about a year and a half. And every now and then I was like, well, fuck me, it feels like I've got appendicitis. And it'd be gone by the next day. 
And then this one day, um, I got up and I felt the same again. I was like, oh, I probably just need a shit or something, or I really need a really big fart. So I went to went to work, didn't really think of anything of it. And uh, lunchtime comes around, and I'm like, yeah, um, I'm gonna pop back home because with my the work the work that I kind of work I do, it's 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 very fairly flexible. So I was able to pop home, try and use the toilet, um, and, and I had no success. So back to work I went. And uh, I was like, right, let's go do some deadlifts. That will kind of get things moving, you know. And uh, so I went to the yeah. gym, got home, tried again, nothing. Took a couple of Cohodamol, and I was like, I'll sleep it off. It'll, it'll pass in the morning. Woke up at four o'clock in the morning, like someone hit me in the stomach with a sledgehammer. And uh, the girl I was in a relationship at the time, she was an EMT, so we, I kind of lived in the middle of nowhere at the time. And she's like, right, I'm just going to take you straight to the hospital. I was like, cool, right. So um went straight there. They uh they, they checked me in and uh, this this giant Samoan bloke comes out and he's uh, the triage nurse, brings me into the office and he's, he kinda looks at me and he goes, You know what, we don't we don't really get guys like you in here complaining that they're in pain. So I'm just gonna like I'm gonna take you next door real quick and we'll talk to the doctor and, and see what she thinks. So uh, that was pretty cool and she basically went, Well, it's quite obvious you've got appendicitis so we'll just send you off an x-ray make sure you're not broken anything did that within half an hour i'm on a bed um they're giving me morphine life is sweet and they're like right we'll give you it's about five o'clock in the morning by now half five and they're like well, you know we're looking to get you in kind of early ish late morning you know about 10 or 10 or 11 and then before i know it half an hour later a surgeon walks in he's like you know what we're just gonna, we're not going to take the risk we're just going to get you in now you just sign this piece of paper and uh, it will be cool. So we'll get you in. And I'm signing this piece of paper. And this is when, because uh, throughout the whole thing, as soon as I left my house, I knew that it was going to be appendicitis. Um, so I was very aware I was going to go in for surgery. And it's funny because they give you a piece of paper. And at that moment, you're like, they're going to wheel me down to the, the room and like put me under. And that could just be it. You know, he's like, bam. But you're, like, you're just like, oh, you go, ah, whatever, sign it trust them they've done it a million times but you never know like there's that one little kind of like thought in the back of your head that was like this this could be this could be me here mm. so um <laughs> yeah i wake up and um I, i've got all these tubes i've got loads of tubes coming out my stomach and i felt pretty good to be fair um i was in a nice cool room it was, uh, it was recovery it was really nice and aircon and that and uh it wasn't until um, a day later, my sister who came to visit me, and she was a uh, she's she's a um, associate uh, associate physician. Um, so uh, she was like, "Yeah, why, why have you got all you know? You've had uh, appendicitis, and they've just removed the appendix, but you have a couple of drains in you that like that's not normal." And I was like, oh, "I don't know. Like you're the doctor, so you know you tell me." She's like, "Well, I think you had like something a little bit worse than appendicitis, so." Lo and behold, a couple hours later, a surgeon comes in to check up on me, checks my bag, and um, there's no pus in it or whatever. And uh, I was like, oh, my, my sister asked, like, why have I got a couple of tubes, tubes coming out of me? He's like, oh, yeah, well, when we went in, and we went to snip out the appendicitis, uh, the appendix and just, you know, call it a job done, uh, your appendix wasn't there, um, and it exploded. So we spent four hours or four and a half hours cleaning you out. So it was, it was meant to be a 45 minute operation. It was like four and a half hours. Um, I was wondering why the girl I was seeing at the time was 
absolutely in tears when I woke up. I thought she was just happy to see me, but she actually thought I died. So, um, yeah, that was that was a humbling experience. I spent five days in there in the middle of summer, and trust me, those Dyson fans do not work. They just push hot air onto you. Um, but I took some uh, TV 500 and BPC, and I think within something like a week, I was back doing like a couple of sets of biceps just as I was bored. And then two weeks in, I was doing a split. Three weeks in, I was back to pretty much normal. And four weeks in, I was challenging myself on squats. So I was, really didn't do anything to me in terms of um, setting me back or anything. But um, it was a little bit of a, kind of a wake-up call that you kind of just made out of sticks and jelly, really. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny how, it's funny how the doctor, the surgeon, so nonchalantly, it's like, oh, yeah, well, your appendix wasn't there, by the way. After yeah, yeah. after you asked, you know, because because they they do they do so much of it that it's probably no big deal to them. But you're like, why are these extra tubes coming out of me? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought they would have told me, like you know, right. a couple hours. Exactly. Sort of, yeah. When I, right. when I when I when I woke up, but no, they they they, they weren't too fussed about telling me. <laughs> right. That's what. I, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, they just basically just went around the hole of my stomach with a water pistol, just making sure everything was clean. Um, but Will, yeah. you, had, um, you had that brush with death then, but you've just had another brush with death, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm um, I'm pretty good with the uh, with escaping the Grim Reaper. Um, I uh, I had my fan in for a service, so, so I'm on furlough at the moment, but. Um, at this time, I was using. We're still using the company vans as for personal use, which they've. Uh, they, they've that's one of the things they made a cutback on now. So I've had to get myself a car. And at the time, I was I dropped off my um, VW Caddy and um, got home. They gave me this nice '69 plate Polo. It was like a Beats, a Dre Beats edition, so it had a nice, cool, like sound system in it. I was just like, oh, it's nice to drive a car again. Got home and I was like, oh, I don't really, I wish, I wish I didn't have to get home at the end of the day. Like, you know, it'd be nice to have it for another day just to cruise around them. And uh, they call me up and they're like, oh, Mr. Carver, um, you're going to need some new brakes. So um, we've, we've contacted your fleet vehicle company and they've given the go ahead. So would you mind keeping the polo for another day? Um, and you can collect the van tomorrow. I was like, not a problem. I'm quite enjoying looking after your polo. And they were like, fine, uh, we'll give you a call in the afternoon and um, we'll see you then. I was like, okay, brilliant. So I get, had the car for another night. Um, pretty cool, went to gym. It's just, it's just nice and comfortable not to have a car that's limited to 17, not that you go any faster than that on the motorway. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just comfy. And uh, the next day comes around. I've got a few things to do in the evening and it's kind of getting late afternoon. I haven't had a call yet. So I just called them up and I was like, oh, uh, listen, like I've got a few things to do. Just wanted to check when you think the van's going to be ready, they're like, oh, it'll be about half an hour. I was like, that's perfect, because it takes half an hour to get there, so I'll just leave now, and uh, it should be ready. They're like, yeah, not a problem. We'll see you then. So uh, I'm on my way. Um, just turn off the A38 motorway. I'm going down this uh, dual carriageway, and it's a national speed limit. I'm going 50, and um, there's a junction to my left, and it was, it was so quick, but this... Um, the car in front of me she's heading towards me it was, it was a young girl um it looks like she was trying to go down into the junction but essentially what she did is she just she just 
careered into my lane, straight into my driver's side. Um, it was right or square between my wing and my bonnet. So she went straight into me at a 45. And I was, I must have been going still 50 at the time because I, by the time I hit the brakes, I collided into her. And it's funny because they combine speed my mind, when you talk about like impact. So would that mean that that was like a 95 mile an hour impact? Well, she, she was going a minimum of 20. So I know it was at least a 70 mile an hour impact. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, like I said, it's funny because your, your brain has completely figured out what's going on. Um, so I was very aware what was happening, but my foot did not have enough time to even touch the brake. Mm. Um, it happened so quickly. And in my head, I'm like, okay, right, this is going to hurt. Um, you're either going to be knocked out or um, you're not coming out of your legs because she was coming right towards my legs. And I massively underestimated how fucking good new cars are. Um, but yeah, the, the airbags punched my glasses off my face. So they were down in like the passenger footwell and uh, the whole cockpit was full of smoke and she had pinballed me into uh, two other cars at the junction. So it was a four car collision. And it took me about like a solid minute, like a proper solid minute to really actually kind of figure out what had happened just sitting there. But I've been very lucky. I've come away with kind of minor issues. I, I had a bit of trauma to my liver from where the steering wheel had hit me. Um, I've got a bit of an issue with my hand. Um, so pressing's a bit of a pain and even steering's a bit of a nightmare. And then a little bit of my clavicle and back, but nothing that doesn't stop me day to day. And it's just things that are going to um, progressively get better over time with physio. But um, it does have a big knock-on effect on your spine. So my chiropractor who has been seeing me for years and we've got um, a complete perfect track record of myovision scans. It's kind of handy because we can see exactly what the crash has done to me. Um, and it's, it's had quite a substantial impact on my spine and my... Um, especially my balance um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not symmetrical whatsoever anymore. So it's going to take time to get back again, but I, I'm good. Like I'm walking, I'm fine. I'm training. I'm just not able to squat or deadlift um, yet, um, but I'm very lucky. Um, did I send you, did I send you the video, Joe? No, I don't think so. I have dash cam footage. I will send it to you. Oh, yeah, send that, man. I'd, I'd say I'd like to see that, but a part of me thinks, oh, I don't know if I want to see you crash. <laughs> you, um, you just see the cars disintegrate. It's, it's genuinely, when I got sent it, um, I wanted to see on camera if it looked as gnarly as I remember it being, and it does. Like, you just see the cars evaporate as they hit each other. Um, it's, it's really quite cool to see. But, um, Dash cam yours yeah, or it, company give it to you no I, I, I no i was super lucky so the car at the junction that was literally at a 90 degree angle to me um they had a dash cam um so the girl that had crossed my lane and hit into me tried to she tried to claim i was liable for the crash um which was nonsense um it, it quite quickly came to conclusion um with the investigators that it was you know she was fully liable for the crash and that was just um obviously 
one you could see from how the cars ended up, but there was also several eyewitnesses and the dash cam footage. So it was really quite, I was very lucky um, so far. But yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely another yeah, humbling uh, those are Those investigators are pretty good. At, you can't really bullshit them. No, like they, they can't. No. <laughs> they, figure, they figure that stuff out pretty well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, you're living in final destination yeah no shit yeah. like now this was all within <laughs> a uh so all of this happened within what like a year span or less yeah. just under a year yeah that's a good that's a good year i've had a couple years like that <laughs> yeah yeah you know um it was, it's funny because it was, it was quite um 2019 was one of those years where everyone was like, oh, I'm so glad to see 20, 2019 go. Then 2020 yeah. comes, and you're like, fuck me, this is this is another level, and, and you have the apocalypse going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a movie. But, um, no, I think I think Joe will kind of know that I'm, I don't get disheartened very easily. I, I'm, I'm very much a silver lining kind of person, so I take, take, I like to take lessons out of everything that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all, it's all like, um, it's all good for experience in the long run and it kind of puts things into perspective. So now, you know, any future event, you have new perspective, right? It's like, you get, you get people that have never had, people that have never had to deal with anything, have no tools for, to deal with stress. They just don't. Oh yeah. Like, um, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, silly things like, probably for a week after the crash i went through this weird bit of depression where it was very odd because i just i was just very down for a week and i don't know if it was maybe um central nervous system fatigue or there you know just something mechanically that was going on i've got a strong feeling that the shock was probably to cause from that like because i was shaking non-stop for about 48 hours and i think the the shock once you recovered from that is is so traumatic to your body that you just feel absolutely drained for about a week. Um, so I think where that's where that sense of kind of feeling a little bit depressed. And I didn't want to leave the house for about a week, but I I was like, but I'm not depressed. Like I'm not I'm not sad, and I'm I'm very happy that I'm alive. But um, I spoke to I spoke about it to one of my buddies, and he'd been through a crash, and he was like, mate, I had exactly the same experience. Um, so it's one of those things where if, you know, you have, if I have a friend that goes through the same kind of, has a little bit of a crash, I know, I'll, I'll know exactly how, what they're going through and how they feel and how to address it and how to, how to talk to them. And there's, there's always a silver lining, you know, and that's, that's kind of my silver lining with that one. There's, there's something, there's a kind of a cool lesson there too, because people that go through anything traumatic like that, they like the post, I don't want to call it PTSD. I don't think that's the right term, but the um, kind of how they feel afterwards, there is a chemical, you know, there's a chemical thing going on there. Cause you basically, like you said, you, you shook for like two days. You did, you basically dumped cortisol and adrenaline for two days straight, you know? Oh, yeah. So you just feel like absolute, like all your neurotransmitters, dopamine, everything just completely depleted. And you're just like, lifeless <laughs> yeah know, yeah afterwards. neurologically neurologically speaking i just felt like i was you know like a brain dead monkey like i was yeah, just, I, I was just laying in bed and looking at the wall 
you know, waiting for it yeah. to melt, you know? Right. And you sit there, you're like, why? I should be happy. I should be happy. I'm not dead. And you just can't. <laughs> you have no emotion. Yeah. There. Everything's flat. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, 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 I hands down, just put it down to the shock and just, uh, Oh yeah, how much of a kind of effect 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 that has on you. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, another another very humbling experience, and it's all it's all in the hands of the solicitors now, which, as you can imagine, imagine is a very oh, you have to be very patient with that one. So um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm lucky that I've uh, I've kept a track record of physio and chiropractic work up until this date. So all receipts have been you know sent off and. Um, I, I haven't been sent to one of their independent uh, medical advisors yet, um, which is kind of silly, really, because it was nearly, it's, it's about seven weeks ago. So um, I've got my own personal notes from med- medical professionals if they ever need to be used. Um, yeah. You need to make a, for anyone that ever goes through a crash, the one thing is that you track everything. So one thing that came in handy with me for is for two weeks afterwards, everything I felt every day, I'd note it down. And it funny enough, it came up in the questionnaire for my solicitors. Um, mm. How did you feel and what pains do you experience on what days? Because things are very delayed. Like I didn't realize I had a fracture in my hand until two days later. Like I got up out of bed and I was like, oh, my hand really fucking hurts. Um, and then when it got it checked out and, you know, that's, that's adrenaline for you. Like you, you will just not notice things are hurting. And uh, I kept, kept a note of everything. And it was so much easier when it came to the solicitor. So I went copy, paste, receipts, send an email, done. There you go. Sorted. You deal with it. Do you have health insurance, Will? I don't. I know you do. I know you do, Joe. I do. I do. <laughs> and, I, and you, and you, yeah, you, uh, you, you nearly motivated me to, to do it once. And then I forgot about it. Now, 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 now you've, now you've brought it back up. I'm, I'm going to, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> well, uh, the only re- I mean, I wouldn't have it if it wasn't for Jasmine. She used to work in insurance, specifically health insurance and like um, life insurance. So yeah. Um, what does? Go ahead, keep going. Well, well, you'd need to get a specific one. <laughs> yeah. So I talk to talk to Jazz. It's quite hard to get one doing what we do. Um, yeah. Like if you have any connection with bodybuilding or anything that could even infer injectable drug use they yeah that that comes as a flag that has and that will be used as you know insurance companies go to any length not to pay out if there's a discrepancy yeah what does uh what does insurance like an independent insurance there cost i'm sure it varies um my my health insurance is pretty damn cheap man i think it's like Oh, don't quote me on this. It might be like twenty pound a month. Jesus, that's nothing. That's fucking <laughs> wow. That is literally. <laughs> yeah, our our insurance is, and our insurance isn't even that expensive. But it, I mean, if you had an insurance for a couple, so two people or more, would be considered family. I mean, you're looking at a cheap, a cheap insurance might be three to five hundred, maybe if you're like if you're lucky. They're probably quite different though, because most like our like health, like I think we might be talking about different things here. Like my private yeah, healthcare like, is because I've got yeah. private healthcare as well. That's expensive. Um, that's I think you're probably talking about getting treatment, Austin. Like if you need to see, yeah. So because I mean, a majority of what you guys do is under your 
free quote unquote free healthcare anyhow. Right. Yeah. You know, so we don't have yeah, any of that. So hopefully, like, our if, if I had a if I had, if I had a chest infection, I'll just call my GP. You know, and then they'll, right. they'll make a prescription or whatever, and yeah, that's sorted. I, I, I would assume. I would assume. I mean, I don't know with Joe, but you know, they, if you if you had private cover, you'd probably go to the more go to them for more serious issues like yeah. fractures, genuine, actual, massive injuries and health problems. Yeah, yeah. The majority, exactly. majority of stuff. I would assume you would just call your GP and be like, "Listen, I've got this problem." Yeah, I would just so, use yeah. my private healthcare if I needed surgery. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's definitely different here. I mean, anything you do, if you go in, if you you have an infection and you need to get antibiotics, it's you you know you have to pay for it. So it's like your insurance covers all that. I mean, there's people with family insurance plans that pay thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars a month. It's my, crazy. My health insurance is more like if I break my arm, I get X amount of money or something like that. Or if I can't work for six months, they match my earnings or something like this. Right. Yeah. It's definitely different. Yeah, that's, that's super handy. It's important for sure because, well, like, let's say you broke your back, you couldn't work. What would you do? Yeah, there's not a lot. Yeah. No, so you're, um... Happened to my dad. He had a spinal injury, which left him. Um, oh, he. he... He got a giant payout, didn't he? Yeah, well, he ended up, um, I don't know if I'm at will to talk about this on publicly, but he ended up taking the NHS to court. But that was because they, um, there was um, like a, an accident in his surgery, which left him um, paralyzed for a while, for like a couple of years, or it might have been three years. He still very much can't walk very well. Um, they, they cut a nerve that they shouldn't have cut or something like this. But anyway, besides all of that, um, because he couldn't work for a while, he um, managed to claim for loss of earnings and, and they ended up being something like two years. And imagine not being able to work for two years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we do have things in place. We have like disability and different things that in place and there's supplemental insurances that you can get. I mean, it's just a little different. The system's different. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Will, chat to Jazz about that. Talking of that, yes. you, were on, um, yeah. you, you were on the same photo shoot earlier this week. How did that go? It was really good fun, man. Even though it was like hot as balls, it was great fun. Okay. Um, so uh, FitX, I should probably take a minute to correct FitX. Um, obviously, Strom Sports have a, a large part of FitX. Uh, FitX is... Um, going to be the new biggest and best expo for fitness in the UK um, and um, you know both you and me Joe I don't know about you Austin have, have been to body power many times mm -hmm. um, and, and if you remember if you remember back in the glory days you used to be able to come home with bin bags full of free things yes um, yeah. and uh, it was brilliant because you used to genuinely come away with t-shirts and supplements and uh, samples and signatures and posters and everything you can think of and it was you'd pay what 20 25 30 quid and come home with hundreds of pounds worth of stuff and nowadays you go there it's a sweat pit you queue in a line for about 40 minutes to an hour and then you get like a one tenth and i'm not joking i am not joking you get one tenth of a protein bar 
because they they will cut them up as samples. Slice them up and put them on a tray. Bizarre. And it, it makes me dip on a just flip tables. Like, uh, yeah. So, um, essentially, um, Darren had a very, um, Darren, a lot of people would know, who used to run the backstage at one of the most, one of the very well-known federations in the UK. Um, he was, did a lot of the work. He did all the backstage work and, also, and a lot of the admin for um, one of the federations in the UK. Um, he wanted to see that kind of expo come back to life. So he put his feelers out over a long time and over the last couple of years, um, and mainly over the last 18 months, him and Rick and several other people worked together to build a very strong community of people that want to bring that back to life. And that's usually the really good brands that actually want to see the best from their athletes and from their products. So um, one of the big features of FitX is uh, companies are influenced to bring free stuff because they get a discount on their square footage. So um, people will be guaranteed to get samples and free stuff and uh, get a little bit more for their money. And there's going to be a special VIP party for people that want to pay the extra dollar. And um, they'll be able to genuinely party with the stars and VIPs and um, your IFBB pros as such. Um, which will be really good. The the venue in Liverpool is absolutely stunning. It's right next to all the restaurants, so you're not going to be at the NEC where you go outside and you're going to walk out to a motorway. You can literally leave um, the Liverpool uh, the arena and go straight out onto the restaurants and dock, and it's it's just beautiful there. It's really nice, um, really good nightlife as well. And uh, one of the big things is the Strom Classic. The Strom Classic is. Uh, obviously hosted by Strom. Um, there's some really good prizes. Um, the overall male and female will be getting a all expenses paid trip to Canada to uh, compete at the Fuad Abiyad Classic. Um, plus, I believe, I think there might be, but don't quote me, a couple hundred quid uh, spending money as well, um, which I think is a, a fucking great prize. Um, and a full sponsorship with Strom for a year. A yeah, full, I, a full that, I, I didn't know that you get the, the uh, trip to Canada. That's that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's obviously just to compete at the Fuad Abiyad Classic, but it's, it's paid for trip, flights, hotel, um, and then you get a little bit of spending money, I believe, um, and then full year sponsorship with Strom, and that's both a male and female. Um, and then obviously if the athletes do really well over the year, then we may well decide to keep them on as athletes. So... Um, it's, it's, I, I, don't, I don't ever see um, amateur shows giving that kind of prize away and I think it's really exciting and I hope that we get some really good athletes turning up to compete. You will. I've got um, a few clients that, that were going to be in it this year <laughs> that, were, that were actually... Um... Yeah, I was thinking about it as well. Um, but it's going to be now on the... It's going to be the Sunday, April 11th, 2021. Yeah. That's the that's the actual strong classic. Obviously, the whole weekend is going to be FitX. Um, but yeah, if you are interested, um, I believe registration is going to open back up again soon. Um, and if you want to find out more details, you can contact FitX on uh, Instagram, which you'll find on my page, Superhero Will, or you can go straight to Strong Sports, and uh, Rick will uh, obviously tell you what you need to know. 
Yeah, I, I really like that um, Darren just straight up went, look, we're going to do it in April next year instead. So, Because then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Whereas I've had this issue with clients at the minute. It's like, oh, you know, this show might happen in eight weeks, but they say they might move it to this time. And then and you're like, I don't know what's going on. You know? Darren genuinely just wants to provide the best for everyone. He's, he's a really genuinely lovely guy. And um, anyone that knows him from being backstage will know that he's a brilliant person and all he wants is for good things and people. Um, and I think that's probably been something that's kind of not made him the front guy in the past because people have taken advantage of him. And I'm so glad that he turned around and has done something on his own and become the front man. Because mm. I do have a gut feeling, because he's so nice, a lot of people have taken advantage of that. Um, but yeah, he's a great guy, and he thinks about the athletes, and he thinks about all the customers, and he just, you know, he's like, no, fuck it, let's do it next year, sort of. Yeah, that's cool though. That's there's still, I mean, you can kind of see some people's true colors now this year, like these, especially. I haven't followed a lot of the UK shows and stuff, because our restrictions have been different, but. Um, there have been promoters and different people running events and stuff here that are doing everything they possibly can to, to essentially make sure that's still a good event. Um, yeah, you guys might like this. They, well, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet, but I understand why they're doing it, but they have, um, <clears throat> we have the North American championships coming up, which is, I would say it's probably the biggest, it is the, probably the biggest pro qualifier here in terms of overall um, entries because it allows, yeah. it allows anyone in the North American continent to come down and compete. So Canada, Mexico, any of those people can come and compete. And they also have masters. So I know they probably have 1,500 competitors or so every year. Um, I could be off, could be more than that. They're doing it outside in a tent this year. Saw that, yeah. Yeah, which I'm sure it's going to be a huge event tent. Like, it's going to be really large. I know they did. I know in Michigan, which is the state just north, literally just north of where I live, they did at least one or two of their shows in a tent outside. And I guess everything ran pretty good. Um, so I'll, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of pans out. I could see some things definitely being problematic in terms of like the heat and stuff, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. That's you yeah, got to I mean, think. I, I don't. Yeah, so I'm good. Now I was just saying you got to think though, like for somebody, somebody like uh, Gary Uda, he's the guy that promotes. He's the chairman over in this region, and he promotes the. North Americans, um, also Masters Nationals and, the, and these shows that are over here. And uh, you think if he does a couple of those shows a year, that's literally, I'm sure he has other income. I'm sure he does other things. You got to think that's how much of his salary comes from those shows. And to not do them at all would just be, yeah. Yeah, be catastrophic from a business standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm very much in the middle. Like, um, I have no real feelings about it whatsoever. Um, I was, uh, well, I was meant to be five weeks out, but I was two weeks out. So I was early. I was, I was ready early as normal. 
um, and decided to do the Saxon Classic, which was two weeks away, and then found out we we're on lockdown. And me and Andy Poole were training together, and then we just went, went to Five Guys. So I was like, well, fuck it, it's done. So let's just go get fat. So um, I really was just like, I'm very much a person that I don't dwell on what you can't fix. So I just move forward. Um, but um, I completely understand that some people want to compete. I'm very much a person. I was like, right, I'm just going to focus on me now, focus on career, focus on this, focus on that. Um, and, but obviously, there are other people that their life is competing and bodybuilding and they've kind of got their things in check or they may not do, but they, they use it as a way of moving forward in life and it's their therapy or it's their hobby, their passion. Um, and they, they feel like they need to or want to. Um, and if that's your life, then that's you and you do you. Um, but there's obviously there's people like me on the flip side that aren't too bothered. And then also you have the people that run a business from it and then right. they, they survive by doing these shows and they need the income. So, um, right. I have, I have no feeling whatsoever. You know, if you, you do you man. And if, if, if that's, if that doesn't harm anyone, then all the better, more power to you. Yeah. And I, and like I said, I'm looking at that. I agree. I mean, I'm looking at it more from the, business perspective you get a lot of these people online they're like oh it's just you know it's just bodybuilding you're not gonna you know you're not gonna die if you don't do a show this year but i'm thinking also on the side of the people that make their income off of running these shows right yeah um now for i would say the vast majority of promoters don't make their income from running shows i highly doubt that right i don't i i'm not i don't have any delusion there i don't know what they make but i'm sure it's not that much but but some of the, there's levels to this. If we're talking, we're talking promotions like this, you know, with 1,500 competitors, that's a whole different ballgame. Um, then you've got everyone else as well, not just the show promoters, but you've got the, the tanners, the coaches, and, uh, you know, the, the, the bikini makers and posing trunk makers. Like, I know full well that I'm very close to Babbitt, Babbitt Burkoff, who runs uh, Iron Eagle Posing. Um, and uh, she does obviously all of her bikinis as well. And obviously Jazz does her bikinis and all of her stage prep stuff um, yeah. through her company. And uh, Babbitt was kind of like, well, what am I going to do, you know, for all these months? And luckily she saw the silver lining. She made, I think she made, uh, I think it was 20 or 50 rental suits. I think it was 50, 50 rental suits. So she was able to have the time to do that. And um, I think she got, because she's, you know, purely self-employed, she got a grant and she declares all of her earnings. Um, who anyone, um, who anyone that's sensible will have done. Um, but um, you know, she's she was quite fortunate, and she's kind of still seen the silver sort of lining in it. But um, a lot of people have. It's funny because a lot of people have done really well, and a lot of people have suffered as well. And there's, there's not really been much in between. It's kind of been one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I think coaches. It trickled. It just, sorry. Go ahead, Joe. I think coaches have done well. Seems like coaches yeah. are the best yeah. time. Um, I think it's funny good, because good ones. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's funny because a lot of them were panicking, thinking, "Oh God," and I think uh, within the first week or two, they, I know a few friends that are coaches, and they dropped they, they dropped like one or two clients, and then as soon as people didn't really know what to do at home, they started hiring people. So like oh, I need someone to kind of get me my ass back in gear because I've been sat on the sofa all day, you know. <laughs> and all my friends that are coaching have done really well throughout the lockdown. 
Yeah. yeah. Two yeah. people that, that I work with. I mean, my coaching hasn't changed because I've got the same amount of clients now that I did then because I'm at capacity. But yeah. Yeah, that sounds like I'm dropping a flex here, but there's a point to this. Um, it was good that I... Um, yeah, I, I, I wasn't taking anyone on, but I was putting a lot of referrals out. I did notice my inquiries uptick big time. Uh, and I saw yeah. both Christian and Gareth go from like zero clients to quitting their jobs and full-time coaches. And I thought, that's just, that's great. Like, so to see opportunities come from a time that is otherwise fairly negative, I thought was really nice. Yeah, yeah. Christian's, done, Christian's done phenomenally well. Um, my um, my friend Martin, the conditioned dirt coach, he's just gone full time as well. Um, we um, he's he's only just done it within the last couple of weeks, but he had um, he had a very good job and he was struggling to maintain the amount of clients he did. And um, we had a little talk together, and I know it's something he's been wanting to do for a long time. I said, man, you ain't getting any younger, and there's, 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 it's not any good if you're twenty twenty years on from now saying, I wish I did it. He didn't. And uh, the only thing that's going to go wrong is that maybe, you know, it doesn't work out and you go back to your job, you know? So yeah, he bit the bullet and he walked out of work. That is a the question. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? It's like what you just have yeah. to do your job again. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he, he's literally been scouted to go from one job to the other. And the job that he ended up going into w was just hassle for him. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's he's. It's not like he won't ever get work again. He's he's very he's very sought after for. He's a mechanical engineer, so um, you know, people are always looking for them. You know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Sorry, what are you doing with, with your own bodybuilding at the minute? Me, well, um, I kind of took a step back after lockdown and deep and downsized a bit, um, and then. Uh, I was looking really good. I was, I was just getting leaner and uh, looking phenomenally. I was looking phenomenal, to be honest, mate. Um, and then... Imagine being kind of started to on side and look phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, mate, it's the first time I actually took a step back and I was like, I'm really happy with how I look. And um, then things... I, I started doing a, a lot of work just before the crash. So... I slowed down a little bit and then I had the crash and I pretty much took a month off training and um, just ate kind of what I wanted and softened up a little bit, but I don't ever really get soft, do I, Joe? So um, Rick well, messaged well, me. Soft. You're soft as most people's eight weeks out, I think. Yeah, I know, yeah. Um, but um, Rick messaged me saying, oh, we need... Well, he, he was like, "Who? What? how fast are you, Will? And I was like, how fat I normally am? And he was like, okay, so like six weeks out. And I was like, probably. And um, as a joke, he's like, okay, I need you in Liverpool until two weeks. And that was for the FedEx promo. And then um, I thought he was joking. And then kind of like eight days to go, he was like, so are you shredded yet? And I was like, oh, you were serious. <laughs> so um, I did like one of my mini, mini diets and uh, I actually looked pretty good um, on the Wednesday. So I was, I was quite happy. Um, I was almost tempted to go home and kind of chisel away a little bit and then do a show at the end of the year. But then I realized that I really like food. Um, I'll say that. And then you saw the pizza leaflet and went, nah. Yeah, well, essentially, I'd already had Mac Mac um, uh, Mackey's that morning and the five guys the night before with a diazide. 
Um, five guys. And in, it did. That's the that's five the, guys in the fucking mate. Five, five guys in the fucking diazide is a fucking winner every time for me, anyway. One, so it's got to be right. <laughs> it works every fucking time, man. I can't have the milkshake though. The milkshake fucks it up. But if I have a full fat coke, fries, double cheeseburger, double bacon cheeseburger, plenty of salt, smash the diazide, wake up, look great, waist is tight feel good and then I just have a little meal in the morning don't eat the rest of the day and um, that's it for me did you call it a full full fat coke full fat yeah that's an English thing Austin that we, we know it ain't got fat in it full fat would be full fat just a regular coke not a diet yeah yeah yeah, yeah no sorry I missed I missed what you said Austin yeah no like uh <laughs> It's, it's kind of an expression over here. Full fat just means regular right. coke. Right, right, right. No, I, I assume that's what it meant. I was just, I just, yeah, uh, people, uh, people, people in, uh, I, I guess it's a term English people say because yeah. uh, I don't know if you say, say over there, but uh, over here people go, oh, is that fattening? Yeah. And that usually means, is that calorie dense? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We <laughs> used, to, some people will, some people will say it's fattening. Yeah. We do use that yeah. term. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my magic, and then, and then, I, yeah, I look, I look pretty good this weekend. Uh, this, it wasn't the weekend; it was Wednesday. And then um, I went to, uh, I went to the gym in Liverpool. And I, I forget what it's called, but I bumped into a couple of people, and um, Josh was there, and uh, Darren was kind of bigging me up, and even Rick, kind of in the morning. We, we, we all, me and Rick, obviously, have kind of very banterish humor um and uh he's 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 hard to get a compliment from but when he does say it he means it and uh i'd have my top off for a couple minutes and he looked at me and he's like i hate to admit it but you actually look really good <laughs> and then when he says it is you know it's it's um you know you are so i felt pretty good and then um i spent the last kind of like 24 hours pondering about it but I'd already kind of decided I was like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna try and put a little bit more size back on because I'm very light like I've never been under 105 and just walking around normal I've always been stage conditioned under 105 so I was like yeah let's let's push back over 105 see if we can get close to 110 again but in in a really nice shape like a very nice tight waist um I want to thicken up my legs again so I'm gonna work a lot on um, some, some big leg days, some big gnarly leg days, and I got a bit of inspiration watching Josh Melee train, which um, I did a bit of filming with him as well. Um, Laz was Laz Gelty was filming. He was had his hands full in some filming, so he gave me one of his cannons. And I'm um, I do a bit of video videography myself, so I spent about an hour kind of just admiring how fucking giant Josh Melee's legs are. Oh, they're great. Um, yeah. It's, mate, it's, it's funny because not many things inspire me anymore in terms of bodybuilding. I, I find inspiration in my own flaws. Um, and that's completely true. And that's one of the reasons why I've taken a step back from bodybuilding is because I don't feel any motivation with competing with other people other than myself. Mm. And at the moment, I don't feel like I want to compete with myself. Um, but after seeing Josh, to be honest, like uh, just seeing the size of his legs and he trains very much how I do when I'm on it. And I was like, I could get back into that and I'd quite happily enjoy it as well. So um, I'm just going to tighten things up a little bit. I'm going to 
actually put a training cycle in place and a structure and just make sure I'm eating a little bit more every day and um, I'll let the magic happen. I'm, I'm sure the moons will align and things will just fall into place over time. Something in the gym or crack your head off a plate or whatever's next for you, you know, just be careful, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'll be something. <laughs> give me, give me another year, Joe. I'll be back. We'll have three more instances between now and next year. So yeah, I had a heart attack and then um, I fell down the stairs and broke my neck. And then um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I took on a coach and got run over. Yeah, and he told me to take four diazides instead of one. Um, <laughs> I want to, in fact, talking about talking about that. You so. guys only you only take four. Four T. That's good. Oh, 14. Okay. I was going to say four, four diazides. I thought maybe they were like a hundred milligrams a piece or you something. I, I, I only take four if it's a diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, I hope no one listens to this and takes four diazides. Disclaimer. Do not. 14. <laughs> they're going to, yeah, they're going to, they're going to not drink, not drink water for a week and take 14 diazides and they're shit one of their kidneys out. I, I heard that's what they used to do back in the day. <laughs> There's yeah. people at home yeah. in closest five guys, and then they're WhatsApping their their supplier. Can you get me a pack of diet? <laughs> they're gonna yeah. they're gonna do that, and then go to the club or whatever the fuck people do. <laughs> <laughs> Did you um? Do you have a Do you have a question, Joe? Oh yeah, I was gonna say I wanna I wanna hear your thoughts on something we were talking about the other day, and I think this may. The other morning when we were um, voice noting each other, I'd, yeah. I said to you some some stuff that I've been doing with clients this year. And I've had quite a good sort of client success this year, client success rate kind of thing, um, in terms of both getting people very lean but, but growing. But in because um, we were talking about, we were both on GH15. Um, so I'll premise this for anyone listening with, this will probably fall on deaf ears because if I was 18 again and listening to this podcast, I'd think I'm talking shit. Um, yeah. So, but hopefully somebody takes this and, and listens. Um, or maybe the 18 year olds now are, are in a good place to get better information, hopefully, and listening to stuff like this. So, anyway, um, yeah. Ramble aside, everything on GH15 was you, you need at least 100 milligrams of train a day. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need, and, and it was all more, 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 does more, more, does more. And we were speaking about what, what maybe, actually maybe how low more is less in a prep or a fat loss phase when you can just attenuate that stress factor so much more, maybe just keep well, it required to maintain muscle mass and drive a certain cosmetic look. And that we were both saying that we've actually found better results in ourselves and clients with this kind of stack design. So from someone that actually looks good, I mean, yeah. I'd just like to hear your so, thoughts on that. So, I mean, I would say I was on path to look by far the best I ever have this year. Um, I think you saw the pictures with me at Harry Harris's gym after you did some treatment. I was three weeks out. Well, I was initially six weeks out, but three weeks out from the Saxon. Um, I looked really good. Um, and I was very happy with how I looked and how I was coming in. Um, and I was coming in fast and I was full, my skin looked great, I had that polish to it. It was only looking better every day. Um, 
and I felt great. I was I was barely doing any cardio anymore. I was still eating um, just a shy under 5,000 calories a day. Um, and all in all, I was on less, everything combined, everything less than 1,000 milligrams. And I'm a super heavy. So, um, yeah, it, it does put into perspective how subtle you can be and get so much more. And I think, honestly, the more stuff, this goes without saying, the, the more you're going to put in your body, the more it's going to fight it, the more of an inflammatory response you're going to have, the more ancillary it's going to use to have to combat those side effects. And it's just, it's, 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 one, it's one thing after another, you know? And the less, honestly, the, the less you can use, the less you can get away with using, you, you'll find the better results. You'll find your bang for buck. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Joe, Joe, I feel like we've talked about this before, though. Yeah, probably. I feel, I feel like, you know, and I think I, think I kind of had this idea in my head for a while, but then there was, a, there was an instance I remember it would probably would have been a few years ago where I had a client that was prepping and um, they, so long story short, they basically lost their source. They had, they couldn't get what they needed. Right. So they had like a very small amount that had, everything had to be consolidated down into probably, I don't know, it was probably maybe a total of 600 milligrams a week, which if you told anyone to prep on 600 milligrams a week, a total gear, they'd freak out. You know, and long story short is immediately within with no dietary change. And of course he was losing fat, you know, he's in a deficit, but within like a week, and I'm assuming that's about how long it took for, for hormone levels to drop and for some of that systemic stress to drop off. He changed rapidly and looked the best he ever had. Yeah. And basically led into the show and it looked, looked incredible. And all I could chalk it up to was just less systemic stress. Because of course, once that started happening, there were other little noticeable signs. His sleep improved, his training improved, his, I'm like, all right, if your sleep's improving and your training starts improving at like five weeks out from a show, there has to be a reason for that. Right. Yeah. That's not, I mean, like that, that does not happen. <laughs> You know, so. I mean, you, you think of all the physiological things that are happening as well. You know, you're taking less gear, there's less systemic stress, there's, you know, less cortisol, your hematocrit's not going to be as high, your blood pressure's not going to be as high, so your performance is absolutely going to go through the roof. So you're going to recover yep. that much better as well because your poor performance improves, your body's healthier, you're going to look healthier, you know? So um, don't get me wrong, like, I think you both will agree with me there's always a time and a place where you're going to push it. And yes. there's going to be times. And I, I would say more off season more than anything, when you're in the real deep, thick part of the off season, you might push it, push it a little bit and do a few things that you may not be comfortable with if you want to go to that next level. But 95% of the time you can be smart about what you're doing. Which, which I think ironically I think part of it was there was kind of a push there. I don't know if it was so much in the UK, but I know at least here there was kind of a push for the opposite. There was all of these guys. And I, and what started this were these were seasoned competitors that already had all their muscle, right? So I want to put that context out there. These were guys that were either already pros or 
they were, you know, 40 years old and they already had all their muscle and they were constantly promoting use little to nothing in the off season and, and then save it all for prep. And, you know, you'll look better, whatever. Right. And it didn't make any sense to me at, at the time. And, but from their perspective, it makes sense because of course they didn't need to gain any more muscle mass really. Yeah. You know, so all these younger guys, it's completely counterintuitive to, and I always tell like, cause I get people that, that talk about this and I ask them, well, what, what does an anabolic steroid do? What's the point of using it? The whole point is for hypertrophy to gain muscle, yeah. right? To enhance that process, to enhance protein synthesis, to enhance, you know, all the things that it does at the DNA level. Like that's the point of using it. I said, is any of that really going to be happening to any significant degree in a calorie deficit? No. No. Right? You just, because... Because at that point, you don't have the actual caloric materials to build the muscle tissue. So, and do you remember you were know, on, on the Half Natty podcast? Do you remember that? Was it me? Well, he, he said, I, I was on it this week, and he said, oh, we had Austin on here once. Oh, yeah. Um, with, uh, shit. Um, why is it on the tip of my, Luke. Luke, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny, you, you made this point, we spoke exactly about that because the podcast was on like safer models of use of anabolics and he was asking, okay, well, what about prep? You know, is that when you would do more? And we broke down the exact mechanisms of action of, of anabolics. Like here's this sort of RNA transcription of anabolism at the androgen receptor. Here's another mechanism of action, this anti-glucocorticoid effect. And you say, what do all of these things do? Well, yes, there's some like, push up of muscle protein synthesis and push down of muscle protein breakdown. So that's anti right. But how much do you actually require? And we're in a pretty good spot that a lot of the literature is researched for exactly that reason, right? How do we prevent muscle wasting? And right. you, know, you look at the dose requirements, like take Trembolone when it was used in humans, 50 milligrams every 10 days. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So you know, from, from a muscle for muscle wasting, the drugs are used on such a small, and such a small dose. And not only that, but we also have individuals that are eating two times their body weight and protein, right? Unless and we have yeah. in their resistance training. And I mean, it's it. We have literature on natural bodybuilders showing such small amount or hypogonadal natural bodybuilders. Yes. Right. Because, because these guys are walking around with a total test of like, you know, 80 by the time they do the show and they're still losing minimal amounts of lean body mass. And some of that is probably just glycogen, you know, and loss anyhow. Right. So I, I don't know, but some people don't want to get this through their head that they think they need to use more and more. And that's why they can't, that's why they, I'm convinced a lot of the time that's why they can't quite get that finished look. Of course, it all boils down to fat loss, right? And there's and there's genetic factors, but that finished that finished look where that film is gone. Yeah, I think a lot explain, of that it's unnecessary to explain that. But you know, when you've got that that pop, that um, is how do you even explain it? It's that certain look when it looks healthy doesn't look stressed. Do you know what I mean? That intro. Yeah, yeah, you get yeah, that absolute paper thin skin with that perfect yeah. polished look. Exactly. You can tell when someone looks off when they've got that, 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 
it's like a it's a horrible look and it's it's a grainy look, but it's a poofy grainy look and oh, their skin has got that orange that that reddish blue tone <laughs> to it. And and yeah, it's it's horrible and as soon as you see it you just go, No. No, no, yeah. no. But I wish um, like I said, I wish people would kind of acknowledge that model of of use. But like you said, Will though, there are times where if you are actually using these you know, using the drugs for what they're meant for in bodybuilding, there are off season instances where you might use more. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, for sure. but you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thing. Like I, it's, like I said, it's just one of those things that somebody put out there somewhere down the line, somebody read it and it spread around. I mean, just like a million other things that still haven't died yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The shit that you see all the time that you can't believe people still believe it's true, even though it completely goes against the mechanism of, it was, <laughs> of what yeah, you're it was funny because it was like it was like GH15 first, and then that started to phase out, and then bam, Boston Lloyd turns up, you know, and I was like, fuck me, and you know what, he was he was fun <laughs> while he lasted, but you know, the more you look back, the more of a retard you, you realize he was, you know, yeah, and. Uh, well, it's great to hear from a, like a real big bodybuilder's mouth, you know. And um, yeah, I mean, out there saying, nah, he does this and that. Yeah, exactly what happened on those forums. That pro's lying, this pro's lying. Okay, you know, but hopefully yeah. someone hears this and goes, yeah, you know what? He did, he did one very good thing for the industry, and, and that was he got a lot of people being a lot more honest about their, what they were doing. Yeah. And I think he got a lot of people realizing without knowing it that health is also very important even though he didn't show it I think a lot of people are like uh, he kind of you know he, he's kind of doing things a bit stupid like I kind of you know when you see someone doing stupid stupid stuff like you see someone touch a flame and you're like yeah I'm not going to do that like that's kind of like Boston Lloyd to me like I saw him doing shit I was like, I'm not going to do that but I'm going to go and get my bloods done and do things right Yeah, you know, it made me realise I didn't want to be like that yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but, to hear it come out of your mouth, Will, that like, that I've I've done more, and I've done less, and the less even yeah. better for for prep at least. So I was having this exact talk with someone yesterday who was asking me about my prep this year, and they asked me how much I take. I was taking. I was like, man, I put down my luck to mostly the fact that I was taking a lot less. Mm. Um, I think I was doing. I think actual um, gear was around 750 milligrams all in yeah. um, with a little bit of Clem, um, some Arimidex and uh, Yohimbine. And I think that was about it. Um, I remember I was doing 50 megs of, I think I was doing 50 megs of Trend Math and Test P uh, three times a week. Um, and then I was doing 500 Primo. So I think that comes in at what, 750. Yeah, that's a lovely stack design. I think, well, I think I voice noted you that the other day and you said, oh, I was, I was doing that same sort of thing. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. it's, in terms of prep, I think it's like one of the biggest things that seems to help is just, is just controlling the overall amount of systemic stress. And just, if you are aware of that, you can do that in a prep, you're going to, be successful yeah yeah Yeah. you know 
I think that's the biggest thing, which of course, of course there's points where you're going to be really stressed out and your body's going to be beat up and overtrained and all that. But just in general, um, it's easy and it's easier to do. Like, I know it's way easier to tell other people than to do it yourself rather than just, you always just want to push. But like now I have no problem. Like this week I had a client female, we did a deload it right in the middle, you know, single digit weeks in prep we deloaded we cut cardio back we did all these things look better easy right you tell someone to do it they freak out but you know as a coach it's going to work yeah yeah so exactly yeah good lesson now anyway i'll um i'll let you boys go um well do you want to kind of plug where anyone can find your stuff and and follow whatever you're doing and whatnot that'd be awesome yeah Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Superhero Will on uh, Instagram. Um, it's always been my hobby, always will be. Superhero Will. Um, Strom Sports is my official supplement sponsor. Um, Joe, you know they're great. Austin, I'm sure you've heard a lot of good things about them as well. I'm actually um, drinking just... a, a Neuro right now. Oh, is it pineapple? Yeah, of course. It's my favourite flavour. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> yeah, check out, check out Strom Sports. Um, incredible, incredible brands that only want the best quality and they're very much health orientated. So um, I can only say a million good things about them. Obviously, I'm biased, but um, if honestly, if I wasn't with them anymore, I would just continue to buy their stuff solely. Um, check out FitX because um, that's very relevant. Um, that's on Instagram as FitX. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me back on, man. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Please check out Will's stuff. It's all going to be linked up in the show notes below. Please check out the sponsors that allow us to keep doing this podcast. And I hope everybody enjoyed. And we'll see you all next week. Cheers.